0: give you honor, God. We worship you in the beauty of your holiness. Thank you, God, for the year 2022. Thank you for life. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercies. We worship you, we give you praise. And as we go to share this word, Holy Spirit, take full and absolute control. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to wish you all a very happy new year. It's so exciting to be here. This is the very first Wings of the Sun for the year 2022. And I want to tell you about my genealogy. I want to let you know where I come from. I want to tell you about my genes. And as I'm telling you about who I am, my identity, where I'm from, I hope, I believe, and I pray that you yourself will begin to think about your own genealogy. I'm not talking about my natural genes. I'm not talking about my natural genealogy. I'm not talking about rose born in the natural, but I'm talking about who my father is, who my God is. That's who I resemble. I once saw a caption of a lion and a picture, and under it, the grass was so dry. (laughs) And under the caption, it was written there, no matter the condition of the jungle, this was a huge male lion in, in, in the picture, no matter the condition of the jungle, even when there is no prey, I will not eat grass. It is not a question of pride. It is who I am. The lion was never meant to eat grass. So when there is no prey, he stays true to who he was created to be in his genes. So I stand today to tell you who I am, to proclaim my genealogy, to let you know that my father is the creator, the engineer, and the chief architect of the universe. To tell you that my father is the Elohim who made something out of nothing, who created everything. That is who I'm connected to. I've come to let you know, and it can also be seen in the book of 1 John 5, 18, that I am born of God. And because I am born of God, the evil one cannot touch me. Sin has no more power over me. And all because of what Jesus did for me on the cross of Calvary. All because of the sacrifice that was paid. You see, my father was so rich in mercy he is so rich in mercy because of the great love that he has for me. Even when I was dead in trespass, when I was dead in sin, he made me alive together with Jesus. And he raised me up together with him. And amazingly, I'm seated together with Jesus in the heavenly places. That is my positional authority. I understand this. And I'm so grateful to God. Which means that I have the power under God and the power of the Holy Spirit to recalibrate the spiritual climate around me. Because you see, the Bible says in the book of 1 John, and I'm going to be reading from verse 12. It says, for as many, the book of John, the main book of John, John chapter 1 verse 12. It says, as many as received him, he gave them the right, the power to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who are born, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. I received Jesus, and ever since that time, he's given me power. I carry God's DNA. You see, I have the life of God, the very nature, Zoe that makes God, God runs in through me. I understand, who my father is and I, I, I carry his identity I'm made in his image God is love I carry God's DNA so the love of God has been shared abroad in my heart I don't struggle to love the Holy Spirit has shared this love abroad in my heart and not only that not only is God for me my father not only is God with me God is in me, the Bible says in 1st John 4.4, greater is he that is in me, he that lives in me, than he that is in the world. So I carry the God of all flesh. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I know it doesn't look natural, The way you're looking at it, that you mean you're carrying God. But I'm telling you, I carry God. I'm supernaturally infused with strength because of my life union with Jesus. Because of what Jesus did. So I stand victorious with the force of God's power flowing in me. Jesus took my place. He who knew no sin became sin for me. That I, who knew no righteousness, would become the righteousness of God in Him. There was a divine exchange. I am born again, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for God's purposes through the ever living word. You see, I have not been born of natural seed, I've not been born of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God that abides forever. That divine exchange that took place when I invited Jesus into my life, put me smack in the family of God. Jesus became seen that I might live. Jesus was cursed that I might be blessed. And I am blessed. I'm empowered to succeed. I'm empowered to prosper he had my sicknesses and diseases put on him that I might be healed he was condemned that I might be justified he took on shame that I might be glorified he took on humanity that I might take on divinity I am a new creation in Christ Jesus the Bible says a new species of beans that has never existed before. Mm. I have my slate clean. Every criminal record has been wiped clean. Every handwriting of ordinance that was against me, that spoke against me, has been blotted out, has been wiped away, has been canceled, and has been nailed to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. I stand victorious. When I come into God's presence, he is my father. I carry his DNA. I don't come timidly because of the blood of a lamb makes me come boldly onto that throne of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace to help in time of need. I want you to know part of my heritage is the fact that I'm an ambassador. Yes, because 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, I am ambassador for Christ. I am a certified, this is certified, not just by word. I am a certified brand ambassador a plenipotentiary of Jesus Christ. So what it is, what this actually means is, even though I'm in the world, I'm not of this world. I'm a citizen of heaven. <laughs> Look, I'm royalty. I'm a royal priesthood. You see, and my own kind of ambassadorship is not that of just being a figurehead. I have been given authority. I have authority on earth. I have kingly authority. I have vital power. Whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. It was handed over to me. Jesus gave me, he said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, keys to open any and every door.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Whatever I disallow on earth is disallowed in heaven. No wonder the whole of creation is waiting for my manifestation and manifestation of the sons of God. We hold the key. So I cannot be intimidated at all. I I have been given the God-given ability to enact and enforce legislation because I decree a thing and it is established unto me. So I recalibrate the atmosphere around me. From my position seated in, heavenly, in the heavenly places, demons are subject to me in the name of Jesus. I resist the devil and he flees from me. <laughs> the Bible tells me that in Psalm 8, it says I have a crown. It's not an earthly crown, not crown made of gold and diamonds or earthly things like that. Every human crown is laid at the feet of Jesus. But this crown is a crown of glory. The Bible says in that Psalm 8 from verse 5, it says, he has crowned me with glory and honor. I am crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies. He's given me dominion. I am like my father in heaven. He's given me dominion. He's put all things under my feet. And not only that, not only that, I said I'm royalty. I'm a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, a holy person set out. I have been given angelic assistance. I wasn't just sent here as an ambassador without enforcement. The angels of God encamp around me and deliver me. The angels of God, they accompany me everywhere I go in God's will and purpose. They defend me. They protect me. They bear me up in their hands. I do not even dash my foot against any stone. So with boldness, and by the blood of Jesus, I overcome the devil. I refuse to be intimidated. I refuse to be marginalized. I refuse to be stigmatized. I refuse to be dominated by the devil, for I know who he has made me. I stand boldly, not in my own strength, but I'm strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Yes, after Adam died, the glory went away. For the Bible says, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I stand today to tell you that I arise And I shine for my light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon me. His glory is seen upon me. I carry God's DNA. This is my genealogy. This is my genes. This is who I really am. I stand this year, 2022, understanding who I am re-emphasizing in my mind, in my mentality, in my thoughts, in my action, I rise in prevailing power. I rise to stand and possess my possession. I rise to occupy. I rise to be all God has called me to be.
1: In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah. We want to see your glory revealed in this place, Spirit of the living God. We do not seek your hand. We seek your face because we want to know you. We want to see your glory revealed not only in this place, but also in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It is wonderful to be on Wings in the Sun again this year, 2022. I say happy new year to all of us, hallelujah, and we must not take the goodness of God for granted, no, not at all, for our Lord, our Savior, our King, the God of our lives, he has been good to us, yes, he has been marvelous in our lives, and to this we say glory, hallelujah, Thank you, Jesus. We just want to say thank you for your goodness, for your love, for your mercies. We just want to say thank you. Thank you for this new year. We do not take it for granted that we are here in 2022. No, we don't. We do not take it for granted that we have not recorded any losses. We do not take it for granted. We glorify your name, Jehovah. We worship you, we praise you, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for each and every one of us. Thank you for our families. Thank you for our spouses. Thank you for our children. Thank you for the work that you have committed into our hands. And thank you for giving us a new slate, a clean slate of 2022 to work with. We are grateful, O Lord, and we know that in this year you are with us, you have gone before us, you surround us, and you will uphold us throughout this year 2022. We have come out here again today to receive empowerment for the new year. We have come out here to be molded, we have come out here to be be navigated into the new year so that we wouldn't miss it. And we know that you are here with us to guide us, to show us, to teach us, to mold us, to empower us. And that is why, again, Jehovah, we thank you for this platform of transformation that you have provided for us. And we pray that we shall become all that you desire for us to become. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I just want to say good morning, Happy New Year. Welcome to everyone on this platform. I appreciate you and I want you to know that the Lord appreciates you too because we have come here to meet with him, not to meet with man. And I know that he will meet us, each and every one of us, even at our points of need in the name of Jesus. Last year on Wings in the Sun, we spoke extensively, the last program, about the fatherhood of God. And this is what we are continuing in. Even today, if we listened to the charge, I just want to celebrate God in your life, Pastor Rose. Thank you for such a powerful charge. And that, that stirred up, it stirred up something in me. It stirred up a sense of identity, a sense of pride in my genealogy. I said to myself, this is who I am, this is where I belong, this is powerful. You know, the knowledge of our identity in Christ Jesus is key. The knowledge of who we are in him is key. For knowledge is liberating. And we all know that to liberate is to set free. To set free from imprisonment to set free from slavery, to set free from oppression. To liberate is to release, to deliver. To liberate is to rescue, to cut free, to unchain. When we have the knowledge of God coursing on the inside of us, we are delivered from the wiles of the enemy, we are set free from the strategies of the evil one. We are liberated from the chains of darkness. Knowledge of who we are in Christ Jesus is liberating. It sets us free. It doesn't only set us free, it sets us on high. Knowledge of who we are in Christ Jesus positions us. It positions us for victory. It is important that we know who we are in Christ Jesus. It is important that we know him for who he is. It is important that we know who he is to us and who we are to him. It is important because knowledge is power. Knowledge is emancipation. Shallow knowledge, peripheral knowledge, partial knowledge is death is death all these are very dangerous partial knowledge peripheral knowledge half knowledge these are dangerous the bible tells us that these speak destruction hosea chapter 4 verse 6 tells us that lack of knowledge means destruction and i like this version of Hosea 4, six, I like this version, let me read it out to us. Hosea 4.6, 4, this version says, okay, one minute please while I look. Okay, it says, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me since you priests refuse to know me i refuse to recognize you as my priests since you have forgotten the laws of your god i will forget to bless your children the bible says we are kings and we are priests we are kings and we are priests but when we forget who god is When we do not know who he is, when we don't have the full knowledge of who God is, the Bible says we are being destroyed. And not only that, because we refuse to know him and recognize him as who he is, he says he will refuse to recognize us as his priests. So knowledge is key, knowledge of who we are in Christ Jesus, who we are to God, who God is to us, is key. It's emancipation, it's power, and it also positions us where we ought to be. It is not enough to have a partial knowledge or a careless knowledge. It is not enough. It speaks destruction. It doesn't help us it destroys us and that is why this morning i believe that the lord will help us to understand even better who we are that the knowledge of who we are in christ jesus that the knowledge of who god is to us will penetrate into our spirits into our souls into our lives into our destinies in such a way that we are positioned aright ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11 to 14 says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith And in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The knowledge of God that we have brings us into maturity. The knowledge of God that we have helps us to attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, if we're able to come into this this knowledge of who Christ is, and we're able to be mature, he says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So the full knowledge of who God is helps us to mature into the fullness of Christ Jesus. The full knowledge of who we are in God and who God is to us ensures that we stand solid and sure that we are not tossed around by different teachings and doctrines, tossed around by every wind of doctrine, tossed around by different kinds of teachings, tossed around by the wiles of the enemy by the deceits of the world, by newfangled inventions and arguments. We are rock solid sure because we know who God is to us. And this knowledge channels us into the maturity that makes us grow into the fullness of Christ Jesus. So you see how important it is That we know who God is. It is very important. It speaks for us in times of trouble. Especially in these turbulent times. Folks, this is no longer a joke. We are in serious turbulent times. The world is changing fast. The world is gradually becoming unrecognizable. The face of Christianity is being grossly altered. And the church is gradually coming into a phase that the church is being gradually altered and distorted. Different kinds of teachings Different kinds of of doctrines, abominations are creeping into the church. People are preaching things that will make them comfortable in their desires. Scripture is being twisted and turned to satisfy the desires and the lusts of man we are gradually losing the essence of christianity churches are preaching what they believe will bring in the numbers and very soon everyone will have their brand of christianity very soon the brand of christianity that is acceptable to them The brand of Christianity that will allow them to do the things that they want to do. The word of God is being gradually eroded. There is an onslaught going on. Alterations, distortions, disfigurings of every kind. The goal is to distort the image of Christ Jesus. The goal is to distort who God is to us. The goal is to distort who we are to God. Distort the whole concept of God, thereby distorting the whole relationship between us and God. Why is that? So that nobody will find their way to the true God. This is the time to get it right. This is the time to imprint the image and the likeness of Christ Jesus into our being. This is the time to imprint Jehovah into ourselves. So that no power, no force is able to obliterate to erase, to erode, to distort who God is to us and who we are to God. And that is why that full transformation must take place. We've been speaking about metamorphosis, metamorphosis. How can we be transformed into who we do not know? How can we be transformed? Transformation is, the, is at the core of Christianity. The essence of receiving Christ is to become like him. How can we transform into the fullness of who we do not know? So before we can talk of transformation into the fullness of Christ, before we can talk of transformation into the image and the likeness of Christ, we need to know who we are transforming into. We need to be able to recognize him or else we will transform into something that is different from the intentions of God. And that is what is gradually happening. You see Christians and you do not even recognize what it is that they're talking about. You don't even understand them. They are raving, you are shouting and screaming and you don't understand. Sometimes we go into our churches these days and what we see is just revelry. People screaming and shouting and the praise and worship is going on and people are jumping and clapping. And it is so unrecognizable. You cannot relate what is being done to the worship of our clean, pure, holy God. Distortions, folks, alterations, folks, perversion. And that is because we do not know who God is. So we can pass off revelry. For praise. For worship. We can pass off anything. For the worship of our good God. But we need to understand who he is. We need to know who God is. Ephesians chapter 4. From verse 4 to 6. Ephesians 4, 4-6. It says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Who is over all and through all and in all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you see that structure? Look at that structure. <laughs> that is the structure of the Godhead. Hallelujah. That is the structure of the king of the Domain. That is the structure of the kingdom of the living God. The Godhead. That's the structure of the God that we serve. Our identity in the kingdom of God is directly affected by the knowledge of God that we have. Directly affected. I grew up as a Muslim and I grew up believing that everybody serves the same God, but in different ways. That's the belief that I grew up with. And I did find out, especially when I was going through religion in university. African traditional religion, there was a course I took on it. I found out that almost everyone believes, almost every religion believes in a supreme being. However, not every concept of the supreme being leads to salvation. Almost every religion on the face of the earth believe in a supreme being. And that makes you think that we're all serving the same God, but then we're going through different channels. And the Lord gave me this illustration a very long time ago. He spoke of uh, Mr. Jones. Uh, Mr. Jones who attended the local primary school, St. Peter's. And he was in the local secondary school, Malgate. And he grew up and married a lady named Helen. And they had four children. And he works at Walmart. And somebody else comes along and says, oh, you know, Mr. Jones? Yes, I do know Mr. Jones. Oh, we went to school together. We were in St. Peter's together. And then when he moved on to secondary school, you know, all the information was telling. At the end of the day, The two of us found out that we're talking about the same Mr. Jones. This is the primary school. This is the secondary school he attended. This is how old he is. He's married to Helen. He He works in Walmart. They live in Kent. And the information was tallying. Until Someone said, "Oh yes, Mr. Jones. Oh my goodness, wonderful man! I saw him yesterday." Well, and you the other person. Per- come on. We oh, oh, want to eat it now. Yes. And the other person said, "Oh yes, I saw him yesterday too." You did? Yes, I did. Oh, what a pity! You know, it's just this um. The amputated arm, Uh, that's the problem with it, I don't know, you know, that accident he had and his arm has been amputated since, you know, for the last five years now. And he's like, who? Who are we talking about? He said, Mr. Jones. He said, Mr. Jones, this same? Frederick Jones? He said, yes, Frederick Jones. When did you say you saw him last? I saw him yesterday afternoon. Said, well, I saw him yesterday evening. Yes, but he has an amputated arm. He says, no, Frederick Jones does not have an amputated arm he said but uh, we can't be talking about the same person but we are talking about the same person the primary school tallies the secondary school tallies the age tallies the names of his parents tally the name of his wife tallies the name of his four children tally where he works tallies where he lives tallies what are we talking about it's the same mr jones he said but my mr jones doesn't have an amputated arm The other one says, he has an amputated arm. His arm has been amputated for the last five years. Are we talking about the same Mr. Jones? No, we're not. It's a coincidence, but they're not the same person. And this is the illustration that the Holy Spirit gave me of the God that we're talking about when some people say we serve the same God. And I grew up believing That the Muslims and the Christians serve the same God. But then the Muslims say, the God that we serve has no son, has no daughter, has never given birth to anybody. He stands alone. And the Christians say, our God is traputed in nature. He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Our God has a son. And the Muslims say, no, our God doesn't have a son. And then you say it's the same God. No, it isn't the same God. That is a difference that can never be reconciled. It looks so minute. It looks like it's insignificant. It is not. That's the crux of the matter. That's the substance of it all. And when you look through the religions, you see that their supreme being has a characteristic that is different from God that we serve. So we need to have a sure knowledge of the God that we serve or else another God will be pandered to us. Another God will be sold to us and we will buy it and walk with it and walking error into destruction. We need to understand into full details, the God that we serve and stand uncompromisingly in the details of the God that we belong to. We are talking about our heritage We are talking about our genealogy. We are here today to do a DNA test. So that we understand. Who belongs to Jehovah the living God. That is what we are here to do. It is important. That we understand. We know. We recognize the god that we belong to if we are not careful the knowledge of the god who is called jehovah will be eroded from us from our spirits from our souls and then we'll be serving a strange god Do you ever wonder why Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 16 and he asked when he was talking to the disciples, he says, what knowledge of me do you have? Isn't that what he said? He said, what, who do the people say I am? Who do they say I am? He was cross-checking. Do they realize who I really am? Did you you see what happened? The Pharisees and the Sadducees have been serving God for centuries. And yet God stood in front of them and they couldn't recognize him. (laughs) Why is that? There was a disparity. God stood in the flesh. Remember when the disciples were walking after Jesus had died and resurrected, and they were walking, and a stranger came up to them and started to speak to them. They were not sure of who he was, but there was something that was happening on the inside of them. There was something that was happening to them as Jesus walked and talked to them, something was happening in their spirits. There was a stirring up because the king of glory was walking with them. Something was happening on the inside of them. And by the time they recognized that it was Jesus, they said, aha, we knew it. There was something that was happening in us while he spoke to us. Nothing was happening in the Sadducees and the Pharisees, in the scribes. In fact, what was happening in them was anger and revulsion. As Jesus the Christ, as Jesus the recognizable face of the living God, stood in front of them. They couldn't recognize him. And the reason why God the Father sent Jesus the Son was so that people would recognize him. That was the reason why he sent Jesus this is my recognizable face the bible says jesus is the express image of the living god so he sent jesus so that we can see him in the flesh and the custodians of the law couldn't even recognize him why they already had a distorted concept of who god was or of who god is And that is why we're here this morning to remove every distortion because we live in turbulent times and it's going to get worse. We need to be able to carry the correct perspective of the God that we serve, of the king of the domain of the living God, the almighty God, God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit the indivisible god folks the fatherhood of god is without compromise and it is without question we must follow the structure we must believe the structure we must accept the structure this is the structure that makes us who we are it in the structure that we get our identity The structure of God the Father, the structure of God the Son, the structure of God the Holy Spirit. We must understand that structure. Imagine not knowing who your parents are. Imagine. How confusing will that be? How demoralizing? How destabilizing? Not being able to identify with any family structure. That makes you anchorless. You have no anchor, no compass. You don't even know who to plug into. You don't know. You don't know who your parents are. You don't know who your father is. You don't know who your mother is. How destabilizing, how disorienting. Loads of people have been known to commit suicide because they were not able to find their biological parents. Some of them grew up in lovely foster homes. But you see, it wasn't enough for them. It wasn't enough for them. They're grateful to their foster parents. They would remain eternally grateful, but they just want to know where they truly come from. For some of them, it doesn't matter that they're dead. They just want a picture. They just want a structure. They want that connection. And they say, he is dead, but that's okay. Let me see a picture. Let me know. So that I would have something to model my life after. The enemy of our souls. He does not want us to identify with God and model our lives after him. That is why he's doing his best to erode the true knowledge of God from our spirits and our souls. He does not want us taking up that image and that likeness of Jehovah the living God. And you see, once there is a distortion, then the identity is lost. It's not the same person. Once there's an amputation, we are not talking about the same person anymore. We can't have the same Mr. Jones who doesn't have an arm in the morning and then he has an arm in the afternoon. No. Mr. Jones wakes up in the morning, his arm is cut off. And by the time he's going to the bed in the evening, he has an arm on. No. So once there is a slight distortion, it's not the same person anymore. Because everything must fit into the structure. There is a serious contention going on for that. And we must not let that catch us. We must not let that catch us. Because the enemy wants to make us an abomination and an offense to the living God. By the time Jehovah, the living God, Jesus the Christ, returns... He wants him to come and find a distorted church that doesn't look like him, doesn't look like his bride. I remember Jesus himself said in, Matthew, in Luke 18:8, 8, he says, ah, ah, "Will I still be finding? Will I still find people standing on the rock when I come? <laughs> will I still find faith? Will I be able to find resolute faith? Now why did Jesus say that? why did he say that why would jesus say by the time the son of man returns would he be able to find faith that is resolute that is standing on the rock because he knows that a lot would have happened to us folks the kingdom of god is our inheritance If you are born again, you have Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Then you are, this, you are a son of the kingdom. And if you, are the, if you are a son of the kingdom, you must look like your father. You must carry the image of the living God. You must carry his likeness. If he bore you in the spirit, then you must look like him. If you are related to Jehovah by blood, then you must look like him. It means that you carry his DNA. So you must look like him, you must talk like him, you must behave like him. This is the time to get it right. We will no longer raise abominations in the church of the living God. This is the time to say no to distortions. God is my father. I am born of the living God. I must look like him. I love that. Divine nature affirmed. DNA. I love that. Thank you, Reverend Richard, for that. Divine nature affirmed. You must know that the blood of God courses through you. You have his genes, you have his cells. Therefore, you must perform like him. You must speak like him. You must talk like him. You must look like him. You must behave like him. And everything that you birth must carry the same genes. Yes, we were taught that there is really no illegitimate child. And in these parts in Africa, we don't even call them illegitimate. We call them bastard children. Now, who is a bastard child? It's not a child born out of wedlock. It's a child that was brought from outside that the man in the house is not his father. That's the one we're talking about. We're talking about a child that was seared by someone else and brought into the home to simulate a son in the home. That's the one we're talking about. We're not talking about children that were born out of wedlock. No, we're talking about the adulterous woman who goes out and sears a son by another man and passes him off As the son of the home. Now that's a bastard child. (laughs) Now we are not bastard children. No we're not. We're not spawns of the devil. We're children of the living God. Now if we're children. We have a father. Every child has a father. Father. We must recognize the fatherhood of God is without question. It was God the father that sent God the son. And he gave us God the Holy Spirit. We must understand the structure. We must identify with it. We must embrace it. We must plug into it. The fatherhood of God is unquestionable. It's without question. Different kinds of religion. Different kinds of supreme being. But right here, we have a God who is our father. He birthed us. That's the difference folks, that's the difference. We've got to get it right. And that difference is extremely significant. His blood courses through me. And that's why the the table of the Lord is so important because that connection is ongoing until Jesus returns every time renewing that covenant every time enforcing that covenant every time affirming the blood relationship drinking the blood of my father at all times making sure that his blood courses through me that is the god that we serve folks Making sure that his divine nature is poured into me at all times. Plugging into him in the spirit, downloading his mind into my mind. Hallelujah. Abiding in his word, eating of his flesh. Hallelujah. We cannot compromise on these things in these times, folks. They are important. This is who we are. The disconnect is taking place right before our eyes. We must not let that disconnect happen in our lives, in our communities, in our homes, in our children in our cities, in our nations in our world we must not allow that disconnect on a daily basis the enemy of our souls is disconnecting men from Jehovah the living God we must not allow that disconnect to take place not in our lives not in our children's lives not in our homes not in our communities not under our watch We have to stand firm in our identity. It's important. It is important. We are children of the living God. We are children of Jehovah the most high. We are not recruits into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is our home, our family inheritance. The kingdom of God is our source. It's our responsibility to project our heritage, which is the kingdom of God. It's our responsibility to support, to protect our domain the domain of god the kingdom of the living god that is where we belong we do not belong in the world we need to get that right stop fighting to remain in the world stop fighting to be relevant in the world fight to be relevant in the kingdom of the living god that is our home that is our source that is our inheritance This world as we know it is passing away. It is coming to rot on a daily basis. Fight to remain in the kingdom of the living God. Don't fight to be relevant in the world. So we must stay in the knowledge of who we are. We must stay recognizing and accepting and relating to the king of the domain as our father that affects our identity it changes the whole trajectory of our lives it stabilizes us it gives us confidence it's liberating it's exhilarating When we understand our inheritance, then we must fight to honor our inheritance. We must fight to honor who we are, to honor our God. Folks, who are you? Who are you? Who do you belong to? Whose are you? Which kingdom are you fighting for on a daily basis? Which kingdom are you expending your energy in? (laughs) Who are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? Can you boldly strike your chest anywhere you are at and say, this is who you are? Are you a coward? Can you boldly say, I am the son of my father? The three Hebrew boys, they were not afraid. The fairy furnace was right there. They were not afraid. To beat their chest and say this is who we are. We bow only to our father. We will not bow to you. They were not afraid. Are you afraid? You know why you're afraid? Because you don't know who you are. You don't know who your father is. If you understand that he's the God of our flesh. He's the God that sits upon the circles of the earth. Doing as he pleases. If you understand that is the high and lofty one that inhabits all eternity, if you understand that he's the owner of the cattle upon the thousand hills, that the silver is his and the gold is his. If you understand that he's the God that holds the heart of all men and he turns it whither way he wishes, he loves, he likes, like a stream of water, then you will be confident in him. You wouldn't fight with men. like a mere man. You would know who you are. You will understand the power and the strength that you are. Imagine if you suddenly discover that you, you, are, you are Biden's son or daughter. Imagine. Imagine the confidence you would have. The president of of the united states of america i'm his daughter i'm his son imagine the confidence imagine the pride imagine the the you can't touch me the you can't touch me ambience that you will carry around imagine why because you know who you are so do you really know who you are We are talking about the God of all flesh right here. We are talking about the God who holds the whole of creation in the palm of his one hand. He is your father. He is my father. Are you walking and talking and behaving without confidence? If you understand who you are, you wouldn't touch sin. You wouldn't compromise. The reason why we compromise is fear. We want this, we want that, we can't get it. We're not sure if it's ever going to come. And then we touch the things that we ought not to touch. We do the things that we ought not to do. We say the things that we ought not to say. Because we don't trust the God that we say is our Father. We don't trust Him to get it. So we go ahead and begin to manipulate. To get what we believe that we need. But if you know who your father is. You don't need manipulation. All you need to do is talk to your father. You have a problem with someone. You don't need to fight with the person. <laughs> the heart of the Lord is in the hand of the Lord. The heart of, the, of man. Is at the hand of the Lord. And it turns it to way he wills like a stream of water. So you talk to the Lord. Oh, Father, I'm having a problem with the Jossah right now. I need you to please speak to her for me. I really don't understand it. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's her. But you see, we have a problem. I need you to sort this. Because the heart, because the Jossah's heart is in your hand my heart is in your hands so lord i need you to touch me and to touch it, Joseph and teach us lead us guide us help us to do the right things you don't believe in him that's why you would rather fight the person than talk to god who holds the heart of the person in his hands If you truly know who you are, you will be at peace more. Because you will know he's got this. My Father's got this. Jehovah has this. And if you know who you truly are, then If there's anything on the inside of you that doesn't look like him, you're like, no, I can't be like this. I have to be like my father. Because I want people to see me and to say, oh, she's the daughter of her father. Look at her. She looks just like her father. Look at her. Oh, my goodness. Look at her smile. That's her daddy's smile. Oh, my God. She even has dimples like her daddy. Goodness gracious, Lord. You want to look like daddy you want to be a daddy's boy jesus was a daddy's boy he came to earth and he told us i'm not my own man i'm a daddy's boy everything you see me do is what i see in my father is what i see my father do everything you hear me speak, is what I hear my father speak. I'm a daddy's boy. I'm not my own man. I don't have plans and thoughts and desires of my own. Yes, sir. Like father, like son. Can we say the same of you and I? Are we like our father? Father, folks, it's time to get it right. The world is entering into a distortion that we have never seen the likes before. The stability of our world depends on you and I. We have to begin to look more like our father how can we look like him if we do not understand the relationship that we have with him? The distortions, the perversion is coming. It's here already. It has entered into the church. It's speaking to us on a daily basis. Folks, we've got to get this right. We have got to fight to imprint his image in our souls. Stop looking like yourself. And start looking like Jesus. Start looking like your, like your father. You are corrected. You say that's who I am. You either take me or leave me. Well, they will leave you. They won't be the only one to leave you. The spirit of the living God will leave you too. So that's who I am. So stop looking like yourself. Stop being who you are. Stop being who God is. Because that's who He wants you to be. Stop being stubborn and obstinate in your errors. Stop saying God created me. That's the way he created me. No. Error. He created you to look like him. In the beginning, the Bible says God made us in his image and in his likeness. Not in your image and your likeness. Stop that. Please stop that rubbish. No. He created you to look like him. Distortion came in through sin. And when you gave your life to Jesus... You are supposed to begin the transformation to go back to your original settings. It's time to know who we are and to begin to walk toward it. I don't know how many of us will bow our hearts this morning. Prophet Johnson, I want you to get ready to pray for us, sir. I don't know how many of us will bow our hearts this morning and say, Father, I recognize that you are my God and you are my Father and I want to look like you. I want to plug into the correct structure of the Godhead. I want to plug in to that flow, a child of a kingdom that I am, this is who I want to be. I don't want the distortion that is going on in the world to enter into my soul and into my spirit. Amen. I don't want to listen to the doctrines and the teachings of men that alters the soul of a human being. Those teachings are—they are geared, they are targeted at altering your soul until you become unrecognizable in the kingdom. I don't want to be a part of that. That's why who I am. I belong to Jesus. I belong to God. That song says I'm wonderfully made. I'm fearfully made. Mm. Says I belong to God. I look like him. And that's mm. why the devil trembles. Mm. When he sees me. Because I look like God. Mm. That's the essence of this folks. Because he knows that when you look like God. He cannot stand in front of you. Because he can't stand in front of God to challenge God. So when you begin to look like God, you become untouchable to the enemy. And he doesn't want you to look like him. You're going to snatch yourself away from everything that holds you down this morning. You're going to attach yourself to he who bore you in the spirit. I, you I want to look like you. Yes, Prophet Johnson, sir. Over to you. We all know that Daniel chapter 11 verse 32 says, those who know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. But it's coming from somewhere. That verse of scripture is coming from somewhere because in Daniel chapter 11, Daniel was talking about these times that we're in. And the different contention that is going to rise against the church and against the people of the Lord and the kings of the south and the kings of the north. All the the, the powers of darkness that will be working in these times that we're at right now. But I'll just read from verse 27. Daniel 11 verse 27 says, these two kings with their hearts bent on evil will sit at the same table and speak lies, but to no avail for the end will still come at the appointed time verse 28 the king of the north will return to his own land with great wealth but his heart will be set against the holy covenant he will take action and then return to his own land verse 29 at the appointed time he will invade the south again only this time the outcome will not be as before Verse 30, the ships of Kittim will come against him and he will lose heart. Then he will turn back and vent his rage against the Holy Covenant. When he returns, he will favor those who forsake the Holy Covenant. And verse 31, his forces will rise up. And profane the fortified temple, they will stop the daily offering and set up the abomination of desolation. There is a lot of contention going on. There's a lot of fighting. There is a lot of there is a there is so much going on. The whole place is in turmoil. People are being oppressed and suppressed. <clears throat> Verse 32 says, with smooth words he will seduce those who act wickedly against the covenant because their hearts are already served they have already unplugged themselves from god so he will seduce them with smooth words it will be easy to seduce them but watch this it says but the people who know their god they will stand strong they will prevail they will conquer and they will do mighty things in the land. Hallelujah. Folks, knowledge of God is the key in these end times. The knowledge of God that we'll have will strengthen us and will make us prevail. Thank you, Prophet Johnson, for that powerful prayer. And I know that as we go into our, as we leave this place, we'll go into our closets and continue in that prayer. The knowledge of God is key. We must stand in God. That is the strength that will help us prevail in these times. That is the power of God. (coughs) Excuse me. That's the avenue of the power of the living God. That is how God is going to pour himself forth into creation. Through us, when we carry him, he will move through us. He will move in us. And I know that today each and every one of us will rise up as an ambassador, a brand ambassador for Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us will say, Lord, use me. Here I am. Send me and use me. I'm ready for you. I am ready to carry your image. I'm ready to carry your likeness. I plug into you. I connect into you. You are my God. You're my Lord. You're my King. You're my maker. I am your son. I'm your daughter. I belong to you. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I'm a child of the kingdom. I will proclaim the kingdom of God. I will fight for the kingdom. I will stand in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is my inheritance. And wherever I go, I will proclaim.